0: Hello folks, this is David Papa, the personal injury guru. And today I am bringing back Dr. Ragab from CSI. He is a spine specialist, orthopedic surgeon, and what he's gonna be doing today is talking about a couple of issues that we didn't get to last time, which is a more detailed event of what happens when he does his surgeries. Uh, Specifically, of course, to the neck, which is the cervical area, in the lumbar, of course, which is the uh, lower back area. And we're even going to talk a little bit about why you don't want thoracic surgery, and if you do, all the complications that are involved in that. So, we're going to be talking to him and getting that information from him. Of course, CSI is located right here in Clearwater, and he is an excellent surgeon. Uh, I've known him for a long time. I send a lot of people that are my clients to him that have become his patients. And we get rave reviews. And it's very important that you know when you come to me, these are the types of people I work with. Only people that I would go to myself or send my family to. So it's very important if you have an automobile accident or a slip and fall, don't be afraid to contact me. And we'll be happy to send you to the right people and get you better. So without further ado, it is the Personal Injury Guru Show coming next.
1: This is the Personal Injury Guru Show, with attorney David Papa.
0: Back to the Personal Injury Guru, and I'm David Papa, and today I have my guest, Dr. Ragab from CSI. How you doing, Doc?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Good. And uh, Doc's been on this show before, and the reason I brought him back today was because I want to be able to help everyone out there who has heard now, he, he was talking about surgeries last time on the cervical, thoracic, and the lumbar region. But today I would like a little bit more details about what you would expect to do in these types of surgeries. And if you can explain with detail all of these surgeries, how you perform them, whether people are awake or asleep, that sort of thing. Just so sure. people have a better understanding, they're educated on what these procedures really entail.
1: Correct, yeah.
0: So let's start with the cervical. I mean, I, I, I'll kind of lead you along, I guess. I know that there's laminectomies. Correct. And that there are ACDF <clears throat> surgeries. Correct. And what are the types of neck surgeries you typically perform?
1: So before talking about the type of surgeries, we need to talk about what, why, why the patient needs a surgery. Uh, absolutely. And, and like we said last time when we did this uh, podcast, um, surgery is always the last option. We try, even though I'm a surgeon, we try as much as we can um, to avoid surgery and to help the patient with either injections or physical therapy or chiropractic treatments, which is all great um, because, even if you go through all those and they don't work, and if they don't work, then you need surgery, um, you haven't burnt any bridges, so it's all safe. Um, once you have surgery, then you're adding scar tissue to the spine, which uh, or you're doing a fusion surgery, which you cannot reverse. So all these injections or the therapy or the chiropractic treatments, they're all safe. But not everybody responds to them. The majority of people do respond to them. And if you're younger, you have a better healing potential than older people. So if it comes to surgery, and it's probably maybe only 10% that that will require surgery, um, then we look at the surgery, seeing why the patient needs surgery. So if a patient herniated a disc and it's pinching on the nerve, we just uh, uh, cut away the disc that's pinching on the nerve, just the portion of the disc. We don't take the whole disc out just a portion that's pinching on the nerve.
0: Okay, can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, when you're talking about that, and I know that there's discs and you've already described what the disc is and and where they're located, but talk a little bit about what types of instruments you use and how you go inside to do this type of
1: work. Okay, so if we're talking about the cervical, which is the neck, um, there's two approaches. We either go from the front or from the back of the neck. Uh, We try to avoid the back of the neck because there's a lot of muscle there and to get down to the spine, there's muscle cutting and it develops scar. If you go from the, from, from the front, which people don't really like because um, psychologically, it's not fun to have someone have a cut in their neck, um, so people sort of cringe away. But it's much safer than going from the back because even though there's the carotid, the esophagus, the trachea, all that, it's, it's a very safe surgery because there's no cutting muscles or, or at all um there's hardly any scar that develops and we get down to the spine within 10 minutes five 10 minutes and we're there and then we can start the procedure so if somebody has a disc herniation we will take the disc out and we either um replace it with a, a artificial disc which is made out of titanium and plastic or refuse that segment if the patient has a lot of arthritis in the back of his neck so older patients get the fusion younger patients we Maintain the motion by putting an artificial disc in.
0: Okay. And as far as an artificial disc, um, I've heard about them. I don't know too much about artificial discs. I know about uh, the bone cadaver bones that they use. Right. can right. you kind of talk about those a little bit? Right.
1: So the two procedures are either a bone fusion which uh, or a spine fusion, which you use the cadaver bone, or the artificial disc. The advantage of the artificial disc is it maintains the motion. If you get... Um, to the point where you need to fuse, you're taking the motion away. And over time that motion will go to the level above or below and over time those levels will degenerate and break down and then you need another surgery. And there's a lot of studies that have proven that. But if you maintain that motion, a patient has a lot of arthritis in the back of their neck, their pain is not gonna get better. They'll they'll continue with the neck pain. Younger patients um, that don't have arthritis, the artificial disc is great because you're not um, messing up with the other segments above and below. Um, you're taking care of the problem and you're maintaining the range of motion.
0: So okay. it's a great procedure. All right. Yeah. I did have an ACDF. Right. And it was at C56. And I know that there was a mark in the front. It pretty much went away. You really right. can't tell. Um, but yeah, it seemed to be a surgery that was very effective. Right. I didn't it, lose, because it was one level, so I really didn't lose any you know, mobility. Right. Um, but at the same time, I guess over the course of time, when you're saying like the disc above it and below, it could suffer a little bit from that.
1: Correct. And and talking about um, losing mobility, when I talk to patients about diffusion, um, yes, hypothetically, you're losing motion. The patients will ask me, how much will I be able to look sideways and up and down? And I tell them, you're going to be better after the fusion than you are now because your limit on moving left and right is is limited by pain. If we take the pain away, you're going to be able to stretch it out and look further left and right.
0: And that's a very important uh, distinguishing aspect of this because that's one thing I wasn't expecting If you to say pain, I was expecting something structurally involved, but no. you're right, it's the pain.
1: Right. right, it's the pain that limits you.
0: Right, and that's like that with pretty much every injury. Correct. All right. So without and that pain that comes from the neck can be quite substantial, as I've seen. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, and and
0: so you kind of I guess when you're moving, you like jump, and you don't want that pain. Without the pain, you feel free to move back and forth. Right,
1: and if you have the pain, you're going to tend to use your shoulders to move around. I've seen people do that a lot. Right, and it's all to avoid the extra motion in the neck. But if you take the pain away, even if you have a fusion, you'll be able to stretch it without moving your shoulders.
0: Okay, and it's a safe surgery.
1: It is a very safe surgery, yes.
0: Because I've never seen anyone have any complications so far in in 20 years from that type of surgery. I have. I'm sure you have, (laughs) because you
1: probably performed a hell of a lot more than I've seen. Yeah, but it's probably less than 1%. Wow, okay. The the complication rate is very low.
0: Okay, and what about the infection rate?
1: Um, Luckily, and knock on woods, with spine, the infection is hardly there. Um, there's a lot of blood supply to the spine, and therefore, people don't get infected very often at all. Unlike knee replacements or hip replacements, right. we really do everything we can to avoid the infection. And we do in the spine, but spines don't get infected very often at all.
0: I didn't know that. Correct. Okay, yeah. and why? And Is because there's more blood flow? There's more pro- blood flow. Okay.
1: Like people that have uh, lacerations in their scalp, there's so much blood there, and they bleed a lot. Um, they hardly get infected in their scalp to wounds.
0: Wow, all right, yep. we'll see. That's something I didn't know. Right. That's something i like to have you here because I learned things. Um, so the more blood flow, the less infection.
1: Correct, yes. Okay,
0: so you don't see that too often in the neck surgery.
1: Or the lower back.
0: Okay, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the lower back now. Um, actually, a lot about the lower back because I've seen um, people talk about they've had uh, cages put in, things of that nature. Right. Lots of different types of hardware. Can you explain how you even go about doing that procedure?
1: There's, um, so with the lower back, um, It's a little bit more complicated. Your whole body's weight comes down on your lower back. And so you try to do everything you can to minimize the trauma on the lower back. There's already the trauma from the injury, uh, from the accident, but then you don't want additional trauma from the surgery. So the main thing to do is to do the surgery with the least trauma possible. Um, And therefore there's a lot of minimally invasive techniques where we don't cut the muscles at all. We get down to the spine through little dilators and one dilator and then you put a little wider one. So what you're doing, you're spreading the muscle fibers without bleeding and without cutting anything at all. And then we're working through a little small channel or a a small tube that's attached to the table and we're able to get down, do a laminectomy, take the pressure off of the nerve, do a discectomy, take the disc part that's pressing on the nerve, we're able to do all that. Even the fusions, you know, you're putting screws that are probably two inches long, um you put four of them and two rods all that can be done with minimally invasive procedures
0: wow see to me that i would think that if you're going to do that type of procedure it would be a wide open back there'd be all sorts of stuff going on and
1: it used to be like that right. but with personal injury you know the injury is mostly limited to one segment if it's limited to one segment you can do that with a millimeter invasive so you're not cutting muscles the recovery is better the blood loss is is better complication rate is better too And, of course,
0: with the back, the spine, you don't have to worry too much about the infection as well.
1: Correct, correct. especially if it's just one level.
0: Right. And what about a cage? What is a cage?
1: So the cage is used in a fusion surgery. Okay. Um, It replaces the disc. If you're going to take the disc out and you're going to fuse, um, you have to put something back in. It's better to put something back in to give it the support. And so it's a little... plastic or metal uh, round uh, uh, ring it's hollow in the middle and that hollow segment in the metal, middle you fill it up with bone graft either from the patient or from the bone bank
0: okay very good and then you, you insert that
1: you insert that and then stabilize everything with the screws because you don't want wiggling otherwise that cage is going to come out or um, um and you know, it also can pinch on the nerve so you want to stabilize everything with the screws and then with time over two or three months things heal and then you don't have to worry about it anymore
0: okay so when you say putting screws in it it's just so different to hear putting screws in a human body especially right. in a spine right where do they go exactly
1: they go in the pedicle it's just part of the 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 spinous vertebra mm-hmm. and they go into the pedicle we do it under x-ray guidance and so we're not you know putting it in a wrong position and um, it stays there even after you heal you don't need it anymore but you know it's a it's another surgery to take it out. So if it's not causing harm, we just leave it in.
0: Wow, and can people feel it? Like, do they know it's there? Can you feel the instrumentality? Most of the
1: time they don't, but if you have a very, very thin person, sometimes it causes discomfort, and in those cases we just take it out. If to take it out, it doesn't even take 20, 30 minutes.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know too, because I know a lot of people, when I talk to them, especially my clients, When they say, hey, my back's really bad, I'm sore for it. I've heard horror stories about back surgeries. And that's the number one area of the body that I think that I've heard more of my clients say, hey, I'm more concerned about lower back. Everybody I know that's had lower back surgery says it's terrible. They're always worse after. I don't see that with your patients. I
1: hear those stories all the time. And somebody knows someone who knows another person (laughs) and a, a distant cousin. Everybody has a horror story about spine. And it's unfortunate. It is. And it makes my job a little harder to convince patients that it's safe. Right. You don't have to worry about it.
0: Well, that's why we're here today, because I want all of you out there to realize that it's a different world today. The technology is so far advanced, as, as Doc is telling you, and you don't have to worry about the things you had to worry about many years before. So this isn't your father's and mother's surgery. This is a whole different generation oh, of surgeries. yes. Yeah, so that's good because if you can comfort people enough to let them know we can actually fix you, help with your pain with minimal, you know, stress and pressure and risk, boy, it would make sense to have the surgeries done right. if they really need them.
1: Right. And the incisions now are literally this long or even shorter for the minimally invasive. Mm-hmm. If wow. it's a disc removal, literally it's it's about less than an inch. Wow. It, it's the Band-Aid uh, procedure that they used to advertise on uh, TV. But that's all it is, and patients go home the same day, and within a week or two after when I see them and follow up, they're done.
0: Wow, that's incredible, and yeah. that takes away their pain too.
1: Right, and sometimes they don't even have to see me again.
0: See, that's amazing because when I first started practicing 20 years ago, uh, procedures were much different. Even 20 years ago.
1: Yes, they have. Been.
0: And and I, you know, so for me, that's one of the main reasons I wanted to do here was because I I get so worried about when clients come to me. I never advise right. a client to have surgery. I advise them to go to the doctor and get the best advice possible and make an informed decision. Right, And I'm trying to educate people now through these podcasts by letting them know, look, he's the expert, he knows, he does these surgeries, and he's telling you right now that it's not like it used to be, and it's a lot easier to have these surgeries done. And certainly there's people out there with a lot of lower back pain, which, God, back pain is going to be the worst The lower back pain, it's That's terrible. Horrible. Yep. And and people complain constantly.
1: Correct. And I've been in practice over twenty years, and I've seen the changes and the technology advancements, and it's great. It's just very impressive.
0: And it's good for you because you get to look your your patients in the eye afterwards, knowing that the technology itself that you've implied, you know, learned and put to work is helping them. Right. Right. Wow, that's a great feeling. And uh, I know that lately I've had a few people have had those procedures from you. Matter of fact, one of my close uh, family friends was in terrible shape and she came to you and you fixed her. Right. And uh, she had terrible lower back pains. Right, correct. And
1: and the thing is, I never try to convince or talk uh, someone into having surgery. Right. I uh, let them make the decision. They'll tell me, doc, I really need the surgery. And after the surgery, they're very happy. And, and their only regret is that they hadn't done it years ago.
0: Right. But maybe it's best they didn't. <laughs> <Maybe. Yeah. laughs> but today's medicine's different. I know that today she is, uh, she was in bed before when she called me. She couldn't get out of bed for three or four days. The pain was that bad. Right. I know when she went to you, the pain was that bad. Well,
1: when she came to me, she couldn't even stand in the in the exam room. She was always laying down. She couldn't.
0: She right. just couldn't. Well, just so you know, she attended her grand uh, daughter's soccer game, That's and wonderful. she was walking around and she right. was smiling, right. and she was having a very very nice day. And she was so thankful. Actually, she sent me a letter. i, I got to show it to you.
1: Okay, wonderful.
0: She sent me a letter that said, David, thank you so much for getting me over to Dr. Agab. He has changed my life. That's a big deal because this wasn't part of my, hey, this is my client. This was a family member, basically, that came to me in need and I sent right. her to you and you took care of her 100%. And that means more to me than anything because it's not just about money right for me it's not it's it's about making sure people go to the right doctors and get fixed because health is everything right and she has three granddaughters that she helps take care of and she can do that again where she couldn't have done it unless you fixed her.
1: she was so miserable the day she came yep um i told her you're gonna need surgery but let's do an injection first because just to get you out of this pain and we tried the injection i did the injection the same day knowing I'm not going to get paid for it because we didn't get the approval from the insurance company right but if i don't, but she was miserable right and you just can't wait around for insurance companies, right. and um, eventually she had the surgery within two weeks, and she was great.
0: Right, and they didn't bill her for that at all. That was just something that you did out of the goodness of your heart. Well, right.
1: she was miserable.
0: I know, but see, that's the point, though. You see, not all docs think that way. Yeah, now, and the same thing with attorneys. A lot of people don't. If there's no money in it for them, they don't get involved with it, which is a shame.
1: Right, right. And, it, and when I used to be at the university, there are so many patients I treated. I know, I they didn't have insurance, so I knew I wasn't getting. Um, paid for them, and that's fine. It makes me feel better good. when they when they feel better.
0: Well, see, that's that's special. That's yeah. your, you've got a good heart, and, and everybody at CSI is that way, which is why we work so close together, because I want to be able to look my patients, or your patients, my clients, in the eye at the end of every case, or if I just send them over there as friends, which right. we've done several times, and I want them to be able to walk out of there saying, thank you, it was the right place, they took care of me, and I know you're going to do it. I just have all that trust.
1: Correct, yes. Yeah.
0: It was really good. And I know that she's feeling so much better. So uh, moving on, um, let's talk a little bit about thoracic. I know that that's one of those taboo subjects as far as surgery is concerned. Um, If you describe when you would absolutely have to have the surgery, kind of describe what you have to do.
1: Okay, so surgery on the neck or lower back is much more common and much more often done than thoracic spine and the reason is the thoracic spine hardly gets injured because you have the rib cage and that rib cage is protecting your thoracic spine it stabilizes it so with whiplash the thoracic spine is hardly ever affected if the injury is strong enough and bad enough it will fracture the ribs it'll fracture the vertebra those need surgery and sometimes you'll have a small disc herniation that will pinch the nerve, and the patients will have that radiating pain around the chest. Um, again, we try to treat them without surgery because thoracic spine surgery is, is I think, is because it's much less common, I think it's more risky than uh, the cervical or the lumbar. So we try to, as much as we can to, to um, avoid surgery in the thoracic spine.
0: And if you do have to do it,
1: if we do have to do it, we will do it. We'll try the minimally invasive, mm-hmm. but not everybody benefits from the minimally invasive. Right. If you have a big fracture, you can't do minimally invasive. You're going to have to, um, if, especially if there's a, like a partial spinal cord injury, Right. you have to go in, you have to take everything off of the spinal cord, give it the best chance to recover.
0: Okay, now I've heard that you have to go through the front.
1: Sometimes we have to go through the side, okay. take one rib out, spread them, it's a big surgery. Well explain that and because I
0: want people to understand how traumatic that is. It,
1: it is very traumatic if there's a spinal cord injury um, and the bone fragments are all shattered and they're pinching on or they're pushing on the spinal cord. You want to get all the exposure that you need and to make sure that each and every bone fragment is off of the spinal cord. And so we go in from the side, one rib is taken out and we don't throw it away. we use it for the bone graft because that pe- person is going to have a fusion. And then we make sure there's nothing else pinch, pinching on the spinal cord all the bone fragments are taken out and then we put plates and screws and um you can't really determine whether this patient how much recovery the spinal cord injury is going to have but we do as much as we can so the bone healing is the easy part recovering the spinal cord or the paralysis mm-hmm. that's the hard part because we don't know who we know if you have a partial spine injury spinal cord injury, you should recover. How much, we don't know. It depends on how much injury has been sustained.
0: And if you have to go through by taking the remote and going in, is that something that is just required with yourself, or do you have to have other surgeons available with you? It
1: depends on your comfort level. I'm I'm able to do it myself. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people have thoracic surgeons uh, help them with that too.
0: Okay, so that's just the, probably the surgery that you least likely to have performed because it's an area that's better protected too, right?
1: Right, and, and really it really needs um, um, a hospital that's equipped for those type of procedures. So I used to do them at, at, when I used to work at the university because there's all the support with the th- cardiothoracic surgeons, with the ICU, with the chest tubes. But if you go to a local hospital... I wouldn't advise you to do it in a local hospital.
0: Okay, very good. And, yeah. of course, if you have someone comes to you that, you'll be able to tell them that, and you'll be able to best Yeah, I usually them. send
1: them to Tampa General if, if needed.
0: Okay, and you do, you do surgeries there?
1: I don't. Okay. I'd refer them to somebody that has privileges at Tampa General. Because
0: that's the safest for the, the individual. Safest for the patient, yes. See, and that's the key, is making sure that um, you do everything for the safety. And that's always been your first regard since I've met you. Correct. Which is safety. In, in your care and concern for the patient, which is huge. I know a lot of people uh, have gone to doctors in the past and haven't felt that way, but you, know, you just exude that care about people, which is really what attracted me as far as you know, working with you in this respect. So I do appreciate you doing that. Sure. Um, and before we go, I've got, to, I've got to tell the story. You've heard it, but I'm going to tell everybody else the story. <laughs> um, I went to Egypt. And that's where you're from, correct? And what a beautiful country! I mean, I know they've had some unrest. <laughs> no worse than this country right. recently, <laughs> and and the people in Egypt might be the nicest people I've ever met in my life. I, I'm totally honest. When I went there, there, I mean, there's all not. There's no like. If you want to buy water, there's no price on the water. You have to haggle. Mm-hmm. You have to argue back and forth. They'll start at a thousand, and you got to work your way down to a number that you can live with. And I think that it's like fifteen to one when I went there, as far as you know, fifteen of their uh, pounds is it?
1: Right.
0: To one of our dollars. Correct. So you have to kind of do that math as you're working and yeah. arguing. Right. But right. it's fun, and the people there are good-hearted about it. And they're nice. They're just so nice, and everybody I had such a great time with. So I'm there with a group, a tour group, and we're leaving the uh, Valley of the Kings in Queens area. Right. And there was a bunch of school buses lined up for. Uh, what must have been just you know obviously they as we take kids to d c and show them around for their class trips, they were having a class trip, the Egyptian kids going right. to the, the valley of the kings and queens so there's a, there must have been a couple hundred kids marching up the stairs, and as we're walking, I walked to the side with my daughter, who was at the time eight years old, right. blondish hair and she was wearing and and we're walking down so you could we exude American, I mean we just look like of course you know so. <laughs> it's like there's no hiding it and um and I probably had my red, white, and blue shirt on, or whatever. Just stupidity. Just this the way it is. <laughs> and so they, they as they're approaching, all the kids started grabbing at my daughter, and I was like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" I was trying to protect her. Right. They weren't mean, but they were just trying to touch her. And the, the school teacher runs up and spoke perfect English. She says, "Oh, sir, I'm so sorry, but they've never met an American girl." And I was shocked by that. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And then I started thinking about it and there was on our trip with sixty or seventy people that were with us in our group, she was the only kid under twenty. Mm-hmm. People don't take their kids out on vacations like that, I guess. I right. thought it was excellent education. Yeah. So they it turned out they wanted to take photographs with her. So she lined up for about twenty minutes and took photographs with all those kids and she felt like a rock star for twenty minutes. <laughs> and and the reason I say that is because it they're just good people from egypt and you hear a bunch of different things but what a great country and i and i hope things get back to a point where we can visit again there
1: yeah i hope so too they're good-hearted people and they have a great sense of humor yeah and it's fun it's awesome really fun. yeah
0: all right well thank you very much doc and i do appreciate it and we'll be back for more on the personal injury guru show thank you to the personal injury guru. And I would like to say that talking to Dr. Agob today, who you can always find at CSI, Comprehensive Spine Institute on Gulf to Bay in Clearwater, they will be happy to, to help you in any way possible. And you can rest assured, I send my family and friends there, I'm a patient there, and I can tell you that they do an excellent job with everything from the surgical procedures, to the care, to the friendliness at the front desk. It's a great place to go. And the reason I wanted Doctor Agab to come back today was I wanted to get a little bit more detailed about the surgical procedures, and I think it's important for you to know how safe they are now and what the technology has done for you know for each and every one of you now, where these docs can come along and they can make your experience so much easier. And uh, again, he's been practicing and, and doing surgeries for 20 years, and he has seen. All the results change, he has seen all the people have an easier time with these surgeries and the technology is worth looking into because so many people had terrible stories uh, like the doc said about, you know, somebody knows a friend or family member that's had a horrible back surgery. Those days are over. Go to the people that are on the cutting edge of technology, which is at CSI. You can get fixed, you'll feel a hell of a lot better and you know what, there's no reason to be in pain anymore. You can get fixed without the complications and that is huge. Because I've had personal family friends that have come back from that place, and they have just raved, and I think it's very important. So, if you're listening and you like this particular show or any of my shows, make sure that you hit like, make sure you follow it, make comments if you're if you feel necessary, and I'll always respond to you, and also subscribe. Uh, it's very important if you're listening on one of the platforms, uh, or or the uh, just to hit the, uh, the verbal platforms. You can do that. But remember, we're on YouTube, and you can also go to YouTube and see us live on the YouTube, and you can also watch us on these videos, and you can see us sitting here talking like regular people like we are. So make sure you check it out. You can go to www.DPapaInjuryLawyer.com. You can just Google Papa Injury Law, and you'll find me. So it's easy enough. My phone number is 727-500-LAWS, LAWS. And anytime you contact me, I'll be more than happy to help you guys out. And if you have an idea about the show or maybe you want to be on the show, just give me a ring. Anyways, thank you very much. And uh, again, the show was an excellent show today. I appreciate Dr. Agab. And with, uh, with that, the Personal Injury Guru show is over for right now, but we will be back with more shows. Thank you.